Hey, babe. Hello, all, and welcome to the Affluent Marriage Podcast. You're listening to one profit coach and one educator talk about living a rich and full marriage through generational wealth building principles, authentic two-way communication strategies, and everything in between to become a couple that lives in love and walks in wealth. Your legacy begins here. Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Oh my gosh. Are you happy this week, babe? Oh, I'm thoroughly enjoying the fact that I'm off on this Friday. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. This is a Friday and he is off and it's the middle of the day. And I think our our listeners are going to notice a difference in our cadence and our happy and our peppiness because it's not nine or 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Yup. (laughs) <laughs> when it's during the day and there's like sun we're all like hello how are you doing we're just a whole different vibe right when you can open the windows and let that natural light in it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful we've had a very productive day mm-hmm. we have spent our morning cleaning the house but also taking all of these boxes that we've had packed up in our bedroom out to the van mm-hmm. over to the storage unit got it all set up so we are slowly but surely moving things mm-hmm. out of this place into the storage unit so that we can rent this property out yeah, and then we we had some fun events. I made a little. I'm decided to to do a little bit of vlogging on our journey. Whatever sparks joy. I vlogging does not spark joy for me, but I'm love that that's an avenue that you're I exploring. We're already on YouTube. It it's not that we have a ton of subscribers. If you want to subscribe, you you should. <laughs> but or you know, I'm just like you know, people might want to know how did you go from you know, podcasting and education and now you have a business and now you own and property. Now you're now, no. And now you own property? Like how did you get there? And so I thought it'd be a nice little sidebar to be like, hey, this is what we did this week. So we got a storage unit a couple of weeks back simply for the fact that we can start moving things out. Kind of like I, I've been using this word and I'm gonna share it with anybody who desires to to embrace it. The word is compound. Oh, man. Is this going to be your next tattoo? This is going to be... No. <laughs> Every time Kim, Kim gets stuck on a word, she tattoos it to her body. It's only happened once. But no. what, what what was your word that year? It was... Fearless. Fearless. Shut up. So now your word is compound. I like my fearless tattoo. And hey, I'm I, not going to get another I one. I love that words inspire you. They do. And they motivate you. They do. They, they, so they motivate me. run with it, babe. I needed to get it tattooed on my body, but compound is not one of those words I'm going to get tattooed. However, I was doing my devotions the other day and that word resonated with me to compound. And I've been praying that I was like, Lord, you are going to compound everything that we do, that it would be that we would do something. And sometimes we can get all into our own head of like, I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. And I'm like, no, you know why? Because God's going to compound everything that we did. So us getting the storage unit (laughs) and moving things out of our house in faith that we're going to have a tenant (laughs) that we are going to find a house to live in. Um, We don't have a time frame on it. Like, it's not like we have to do it in two months, but like we want these things And I'm like, you know what? We're acting in faith and this faith, this act of faith is going to be compounded upon. So if you want to use that like thought process, I I actually, while he's looking for, I don't know what, I went to Aldi yesterday because it's his birthday this week. So this past Tuesday was his birthday. Happy birthday, babe. Thanks, babe. It's been an incredible week and you have just been rocking, rocking it. I mean, wow. 
Happy birthday. You just know me so well. You're super special to me and I love you. Um, so what do you get someone who has a lot of what he wants? Um, the girls got him a new tumbler for work for water and ice. Which has been incredible because you don't realize how bad your old like work water bottle oh, is until is. you get a new one. And you're like, oh, wow. The fact that it started as mine and then became yours and that was like maybe two, three years ago. I was like, it's time. So I bought him a new tumbler. But then I got him an Apple Watch that was I, I it was hidden in the in the room and he just found it yesterday. <laughs> so that he got an Apple Watch yesterday and tomorrow we are giving him the gift of time and we are cleaning the house and the girls and I are leaving and he is spending the whole day with his boys playing video games because that is what he always says. Yeah, this would be fun if I did this. So we're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, I was trying to think of the name of that educator tool that was really big like four years ago where they would like type all the words into a generator and then it would create like a word art. Yeah, I remember I that. Like, Wordle, but Wordle no, I feel like Wordle's was a game. A game. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm talking about. I, I just, I was envisioning you with all your tattoos and it's just different words Sean, and you would eventually be like that word art. I hate you. No, <laughs> that's not what I want. All of these different words just word art built upon each other it wasn't word art either that's you'd look like a scrabble board (laughs) um anyway all that all that to say compound is what we are hoping for so we're doing all these things in such faith and i'm so excited so today what are we talking oh no there's so many more things that we have to talk go talk about it because i'm gonna so no i mean it's it's really just this one thing we just want to i know it's almost felt like we had just talked about this because we shot our little promo video before this but Basically, in the next two weeks, so at the time of this recording, there is 15 days. 15 days. By the time you see this, there will be 12 or 11 days left. Mm-hmm. Our Millionaire Blueprint Pocket Coaching, mm-hmm. it's coming. It's coming, guys. It's coming in 15 days, and by the time you hear this, 12 days. And the reason why we're counting down is because that's how many days you have left to jump on this insane deal. Where this pocket coaching is only going to be five dollars. Why? Because that's how much it costs to subscribe Mm -hmm. to the Affluent Marriage Podcast. And that's where we're gonna store the millionaire blueprint pocket coaching. It'll be its own season. Mm -hmm. So when you go in, you're gonna look for season three, and everything within season three is going to be this pocket coaching. What is pocket coaching for those listening, Kim? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for it, guys, because here's the deal. Um there are so many things out there that are going to tell you books, all that stuff that'll be like, here's what you should do. And we don't have a ton of time. So what we wanted to create was based on our experiences, working with different couples, working with different entrepreneurs, working with people and helping them understand how to manage their money well and start communicating with each other. Um, We decided to put all of our knowledge together and create short mini coaching episodes. So these are 15, 20 minute episodes that you can do with your spouse. And in fact, it is very much like, you know, encouraged that you do it with your spouse, kind of like as a safe place, which we'll talk about that. We talk about that a lot here, but it's like a safe place thing where you can say, we're going to listen to this and it's going to tell us exactly what we need to do first to one, have better communication about our finances and two, what we should do to make sure that we are managing our money well, starting to save and in, and starting to like make sure we're getting some good understanding about what we need to do with our debt. And not only your debt, but like we even go into like planning about, you know, your wills and also making sure that you have, you know, file stuff. Like it's all this type of organizational stuff that it's going to help you be more successful in your marriage and also in your finances. It's, it's 
like a little mini checklist that you're going to get every single week. It's perfect. Right. And here's my, my thing to say. I, I love that you said time. Because when you hire a coach, that's what a coach does for you. Yeah. It buys you time. Yes. If you wanted to learn how to play an instrument, you wanted to pick up guitar, mm -hmm. you could 100% go online, look at videos, get resources, do all of that, and and learn to play guitar. You 1,000% mm -hmm. can do that. It's going to take time. Yes. It's going to take a lot of energy and effort on your part to find all that. If you have the means to hire a guitar coach, mm -hmm you're going to move a lot faster because you literally have that resource right there available to you. Exactly. Same thing if you're playing a sport, same thing if you're learning a language, to have somebody who's been there, done that, they're an authority in this space, tell you what you need to do step by step, that's invaluable. So and invaluable. that's what we're offering yeah. for the next 12 days at $5 and then it's going to go to its regular price. Mm -hmm. And this is just really important for, for people to recognize. Is there more, is there closer proximity that you could get to me as a coach? Absolutely. Um, and if you are interested in that along with this, just DM me. Um, I'm at KG Millionaire Coach. What do you mean coach. along with this? You gave me a little head nod. Along with, not this, not you, oh. along with Pocket Coaching. You're like, hey, you get me along with. No, I was talking about this. Pocket Coaching. Not you. I had a very exaggerated head no, nod there pointing to you. It wasn't for you. I was like, I'm glad to just be this to you. No, I was thinking about the fact that, you know, Millionaire Blueprint Coaching, right, is great. It's amazing. Again, little mini checkpoints, like you're good. But if you have additional questions about your specific situation and you're looking for even more coaching along with this, the Millionaire Blueprint Coaching. Got it now. Then DM me. Uh, KG Millionaire Coach is my handle on Instagram. Just let me know. Hey, Kim, I would love to know what it looks like to work with you closely to make sure that we are getting even more optimized support out of this coaching. I would love to support you with that. Um, and so all that to say, like, I just I'm really excited for this to be released. The stuff that we've done so far has just been so good and very focused to the point and not at all fluffy at all. So today's podcast, we are picking up where we left off last week. Last week, we talked about discipline. discipline. What discipline <laughs> is so scary. Uh, I mean, that's where that's, that's what that's, you decided to say. You went there. <laughs> so we talked about what discipline is and why it is so important. Today, we're going to talk more about how to become disciplined or how mm. to stay disciplined. Yeah. I have a lot of categories and we're not really going to harp on all of them. No. If that is something that you are interested in, you can 100% hit us up at the Affluent Marriage Pod on Instagram, or you can reach out to KG Millionaire Coach and be like, I want to know more about this category. You briefly touched on it, but I need to know. Yes. And we would love to do additional episodes on stuff like that. If you guys tell us what you want to listen to or what you want to learn more about, we have no problem bringing that to the surface. Uh, I'll consider it. He'll consider it. Um, so I run this. I love talking about this topic. And I, I went on a rant about it last week about why discipline is so important and why we need to have a different perspective around it. Because discipline gives you the opportunity to have more freedom. Like that's just it is what it is. That's that's it is what it is. If you have more discipline, it allows you to have balance. And it is a mindset, right? If you think of discipline and you only think of like the military or like, you know, those kids that are, are you know, that have parents that are like discipline, 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 and never let their kids have fun. Obviously, that's not the discipline I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. The discipline looks like you having such order, right? We talked about that. Discipline means order, such order in your life that it feels good for you to enjoy the things that you 
desire that might be frivolous, that might be like, I just want to go shopping today. Like, go do it, right? Because you're able to kind of internally do a checklist of like, this is done, this is done, this is done. I can do what I want to do now. Like I'm, I got it all covered. There's such freedom in that. Um, and it, it just helps you become a lot more like just available to the things that you desire to do with your time. Um, and with the people around you and all that stuff. So for me, it's yeah. all about the end goal in mind. Like I'm yes. going to be, I'm not just going to be disciplined to be disciplined. Forget that. I'm going to be disciplined for a purpose. Like I need to know what I'm being disciplined for. Like, what am I working towards? Like, why do I make my bed every morning? Right. If there's no reason for doing that, I'm not going to do it. There's no point. Right. But for me, it's, it's something that just, it makes me feel good about my space. And if I feel good, then it empowers me to do more. Yeah. Sometimes doing that first thing, like taking that first actionable step, something as simple as making the bed helps you to go on to the next step. It just motivates you. It keeps you moving. Yeah. So I like to have my end goal in mind when I'm staying disciplined for finances. Mm -hmm. That's big for me. So how do we do this? How do we stay disciplined? (laughs) Hey, if that's what motivates you, girl, then get to work. (laughs) First and foremost, every single financial management group will tell you this. If you want to be disciplined, you need a written plan, a financial plan that tells you step-by-step how to stay on it. We call that a budget. It ain't sexy, but it's the fact. It's the thing that's going to get you to your desired goal. And I told when we were planning this episode, I was like, I do not want to spend a lot of time talking about a budget. One, because we have so many episodes about it. Now, do I get excited talking about a budget? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I could go down, but we have so many episodes on why it's important to create a budget. So if you're interested in a deep dive into like, how do I start that? Um, we might have some more in-depth episodes in our exclusive content, which again is in, you know, in within the $5 that we just mentioned, the Millionaire Blueprint Coaching, you also get access to any of our other exclusive content we've created, which we have a lot. So we do talk in detail about how to create a budget, what you should you do first. We even talk you through our initial like budget that we went through. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so there's all of that, right? But I don't want to, we know that. If I were to ask you, how do you create a budget? You could tell me exactly what a budget is and what it's supposed to tell you, but do you do it? That that's that's the part that I'm just like you don't you don't do it. That's the reason why you're still struggling. Right. So you got to get on your written plan. So That's it. That's it. Moving get on. Get on your written plan. <laughs> right? I'm moving on. Yes. Now Another way to stay disciplined, and for me, I, I kind of talked about this in the beginning, but I like to know what I'm being disciplined mm-hmm. for, what I'm working towards. So it's very important that you have clear financial goals. Mm-hmm. That's going to help you, right? For you, you're like, my clear financial goal is I'm trying to go to Disney. Yep. That is the dream. That's what I'm working towards. To so when you have that in the, the background of your mind or the foreground of your mind, you know what you're aiming at. You know right. what you're running towards. So you know why I'm making all these decisions that I would never normally make, right? Like who, who's waking up at five in the morning to go on a run? Nobody, yeah, not for nobody. no reason. Right. But if you have a, a goal in mind, you're like, well, I'm trying to get to this point. I'm trying to run a half marathon or I'm trying to, whatever your reason for waking up. Or it simply up. makes me feel good. Right. Like it allows me to start my day better when I have a run. It's the one time of the day where I have a little moment to myself. Mm-hmm. Like it could, it could be as simple as that. And I will tell you, our conversations that we have around finances, 
they are just really, they're fun because they make me feel like we're on track, that we're going towards something, that we're on, that we're, we're working on something together. And sometimes that gives me the most peace to be like, hey, how's everything going? We good? We good? All systems are go. I can really relax now rather than letting that anxiety and like feeling like build up. It just, I don't know. So yes, it helps me to create financial goals, whether they are mindset goals where it helps my mind be able to be clear to focus on things I really want to do. Or, you know, it could be other things like I'm trying to go on a vacation or I'm trying to save up for this, that and the other. We've talked about goal setting a bit too. So I don't want to harp on this too much, but I will say this smart goals. Oh yeah. Measurable. They need to be specific. Mm Mm-hmm. To just say I want to go on a vacation, that's not nope. That's not specific. Or I want to go on three vacations a year, not that's specific. That's very enough. vague in general. Yep. If you're specific and you say, I want to go to a Disney cruise, mm-hmm. well, that's specific. That's mm-hmm. Pacific. That's, that's specific, specific enough. Smart, specific, measurable, mm-hmm. attainable, mm-hmm. realistic. I was waiting. Time bound. Ooh. Ooh, you knew all of that. That's right. Look at you. I'm, I'm very smirk. proud of you. I I'm was like, smirk. let me see how far you can so get. So make sure that it's measurable and attainable and realistic. A Disney cruise is realistic for you. If you can set aside yep. the money every month, you say, hey, I'm going to come up with $200, $250 every month. I'm going to put it aside and by time bound by this month after X amount of months, I'll have the money saved up. Boom, I can go. I just want to make sure that people understand that that's not enough for a Disney cruise. $250 over a year. Hey, like well, I didn't grand. say how many months. I said X amount of months. Okay, I was going to say that's like three grand over a year. You're going to have to work a little harder. <laughs> how much is it? You might. I mean, a Disney. We just like a Disney cruise. You did like, this. I didn't do this. Oh, well, that's why I do it. Because uh, is it like five grand? Uh, yeah, it's like. Five but that's or for six like grand. I don't. That's for like that's a family true. That's of like four. Family of four. I think if you're doing a family of two, you're probably right on track. You could probably do it for sure. I'm going by myself. How much is it for Dude, one person? I will go for eighteen hundred. Probably like eighteen hundred. There you go. If you went by yourself, yeah. Two fifty for like. Dude, if that's the case, eight or nine months. You know what? You just brought something to my mind because I keep looking wait, at don't these leave vlogs. me now. <laughs> I want to go on a cruise. I keep looking at these vlogs of people going on these like Disney cruises and I'm just looking at them because I'm just, I don't know. I just like looking at them and sometimes they're just going by themselves or whatever. And I'm like, wow, they went on a lot of cruises. And now that I think about it, that's why 1800 bucks is not that much for one person for one person. <laughs> yeah. If you're not bringing your whole family, yeah. it's not too if bad. If you go on a Royal Caribbean, that's like 250 bucks. So no wonder there are people going like on six or seven cruises a year. Anyway, we have to offload these kids onto somebody. Ooh. That's what we need to do. Grandma, if you're listening, we'll drop them off at your doorstep. (laughs) All right. So another thing that we just talked about recently, I feel like we talked about this recently, is building an emergency fund. Oh, I know we talked about it recently. Building an emergency fund is obviously important if you want to, if you want why or how to stay disciplined is that emergency fund is so valuable because if you have that in the back burner, you're able to be very clear on you know, focusing on the goal at hand that's in front of you. And the, okay, whenever I think about an emergency fund, I think about video games. Okay, I know. That's wild because you don't play very many video games. I don't. When I say video games, I mean like the, the, the very, like Mario style. Okay, that's what I think about. So you know how like Mario turns into the star dude? Dude, dude, Yes, you sound like a boomer, but yes, go ahead. He gets the power up, right? Yes. 
and he gets the star star power star power and he's able to just like fight off everything and keep going towards the flag how does the jingle go good good okay good all right i'm with you you're just okay so i feel like that's what an emergency fund does for you because your emergency fund is like the star power gives you a little bit of immunity it gives you a little bit of immunity you get it you see it that's what i think of every time so it gives you immunity so then when your car breaks down you're like i fixed it (laughs) i agree that's where all the turtles Yes. All right. <laughs> For a minute there, I didn't know what you were doing. The <laughs> but yes, I'm bloop, I'm here with you now. Bloop. And then, you know, like you're able to bust through all of those obstacles that come through because you have your emergency fund. Now, eventually that star power, it runs out. How many turtles or enemies do you have to destroy to get a level up or one up? I don't know. Is it like seven or eight? I have no clue. You're asking me something that's out of my You have to do it in a certain amount zone. of time, though, because the, the chimes get higher until you get... No, nah, I don't know what that is. Let's stop, Kim. Okay, we're done. Okay, but all that to say, that's what I view when I think about an emergency fund. You have to like keep that thing nice and stacked so that when issues come around, that's your star power. I 100% agree, right? So if you can get to your desired goal. That that's going to prevent you from getting off of your routine, mm-hmm. right? If you're staying disciplined, you know, you're you're investing money every month, you're doing whatever you're doing towards your goals, if your car breaks down, you're like, crap, I can't put money aside to the Disney cruise this month because I got to put it towards my car. But mm-hmm. if you've got the emergency fund, it handles that. It handles that. Now, you are you. going to have to restock your emergency fund over time, mm-hmm. but still, it's not going to completely derail I mean, even you. Even in Mario, he has to go back to. Oh, we're still doing this. <laughs> he has to go back to fighting the Koopas. So eventually, you're going to have to like build up your star power. Is this so just you because you recently watched that movie? Is that why? No, I'm telling Mario you, I, right every now? time I think about emergency funds, I think about video games. Okay. Have you ever told people this before? No, is this the first time? This is the first time I've said it. Wow. I have a lot of analogies in my brain. So just stay tuned. You'll learn so much more. Wow. <laughs> wow. How weird I, my brain is. I've been with you for 20 plus years and I didn't know that's where your mind always <laughs> went. Okay. Not, I've just got, for emergency funds. I've got questions now. Just for emergency funds. So things you hear all the time, right? These are just kind of like the norm. Stay disciplined. Get on a written plan. Put money aside for your emergency fund so that you don't get derailed. Make sure that you are setting smart goals so that you know what you're working towards. Okay. Boom. Let's talk about this. This is one I was really excited. To, man, whenever we midday Kim is a different type of Kim than nine o'clock at night Kim. You're all like you I'm said, so you're so excited. You're peppy and chippy and so happy. Um let we're gonna like spend the majority of our time together. I feel like I'm just more snarky. That's fine. I, I'll take it. Uh to avoid impulse purchases. Because y'all that is a main thing that I hear from clients that working with me that are like, man, I keep trying to stay on track. But this, I mean, impulse, like I just, I see something at Target and I just got to get it. I walk, I can't stand the meme where people are like, I walk in with one thing at Target and came out with 20. <laughs> and we all laugh like knowingly. And I'm like, are we just glorifying the idea of completely going over budget? Of yes. Completely just... Oh, yellow. Like I wanted it, so I got it. And then I mean, how do you walk into Starbucks? I mean, how do you walk into Target and not grab and Starbucks? Not, you have it's to right grab there Starbucks. by no, the entrance. Don't get me wrong. I have so strategically placed. I love Starbucks. I love Target. I get it. I understand what they're saying there. But I just think that in our society we glorify the idea of overspending as if it's just the norm. And it shouldn't be. Like that's 
that's not wise spending. That's not wise living. That's not going to get you a better result. That That's not, no. <laughs> so I feel, I really hope that when you're listening to those tropes and you're laughing along with them, that you understand the balance of them. They are encouraging consumerism, which is only going to get you into a place of tons of debt, overspending, and your money isn't going where you really, really need, need it for it to go. I feel like Target did it right. You think about Walmart and how they're connected with McDonald's and they always put that McDonald's in like the back of oh, Walmart. Yeah. Like who's who's going to the back of Walmart to get some McDonald's? Right. They're I don't know. The front. But like Target, they got it right by that entrance. Like you smell the pumpkin spice latte as you walk in the door. I don't I am not hating on capitalism in this regard. I'm just saying from a marketing standpoint, like uh, they yeah. they did it well. Listen, they Walmart make has work money. to do. They got <laughs> they gotta make money. I'm okay with that. Like I am I have no problem with the fact that people go to Target and they spend money. That's totally fine. I'm just saying, are you spending money that you Is it planned? Intent- Thank you. Intended on spending. Is it money that you were like, yeah, I'm going to go spend 200 bucks a Target because I felt like it. Girl, if you got that, go for it. Right. But anyway, so before let's talk about impulse purchases. Before making non-essential purchases, you need to kind of go through a mini checklist in your brain and ask yourself if it aligns with your financial goals. Now, I'm not saying that every single time you walk into Target, maybe I am, every single time you walk into Target or Walmart or Kohl's or any store of choice where there is an option for you to overspend on something, you need to have a game plan. If you don't have a game plan, you are going to go into a a spiral and create habits that you didn't really realize was there before. Do you have anything to say on that before I go off? I was going to talk about identifying triggers, but is that going to throw you off? Here's, Here's what I like to do, okay? If you know that you have a little bit of impulsivity when it comes to going, let's just keep talking about Mm -hmm. Target, okay? Mm -hmm. If there is a weakness, why even flirt with disaster? If you know your weakness is serenity candles by jan (laughs) then don't go down the candle aisle like avoid if buying clothes is your weakness like stay out of the women's section stay out of the men's section if it's shoes stay out of i don't know why you're buying shoes at target stay out of that shoes section if it's purses like avoid just know your triggers know what it is you spend a lot of money on like what is your weakness and try to make a game plan like you just said to avoid those sections of the store and go to different sections. Alternatively, right? Avoidance is an option. Another option. Run straight towards it. Run straight. No, I'm just kidding. Smell all the purses. All the rub things. them over your face. <laughs> the other option is make a plan for it in your budget. If you like those candles, if you know that fall stuff is coming out and you've got a weakness, I just bought like that $5 piece of foliage over there from Target. That was an impulse spending, but I'm okay with the $5 impulse. I'm not okay with a $50 impulse. Do you see the difference? So have, an, have a plan of like, okay, we are going to spend- Like a spending limit. 50 bucks on whatever I want in the store, right? And the thing is, if we really- I don't want to say, if we really boil it down to the simplest of terms, when I take my daughter into Target and she has money from her 
you know, Christmas gift or whatever. She has money that she's earned and she's taking her dollars in there. I'm selling her, hey, bub, babe, you've got 20 bucks. Honey, where do you want to spend it? And she goes up and down the toy aisle and we do this all the time and she's got it down to a science where she will look and she'll find some things that she likes and we'll make sure we put them all in the basket and then she makes a choice. I am not making the choice for her. There is no like, oh man, I wish I had more money because if we could have that conversation, we can find ways to make more money if that's what you want. Absolutely, we can do that and come back and grab this other thing that you desire. But it's never, honey, I will go ahead and pay the difference. No, because you don't need that toy. You have enough at home. This is simply a gift. So which one (laughs) from your money that you have do you want? And so I feel like it's the same thing as we grow, we feel like, well, I make my own money. So if I want to go over my budget 20 bucks, then I can. Okay, well, then understand the repercussions of said activity. What what are the things that are you going to say no to as a result of saying yes to this? I have an example. Okay. I had a client recently that I was working with and she had she was she messaged me and she said, Kim, I don't understand. I only have five hundred dollars in my account now. I, I, we had a plan and this woman makes 10,000 plus a month cash. Okay. From her job. And she's like, how did I, how am I at $500? And it's only September, like it's the middle of the September. How am I going to do this? And she has been, the way that she was tracking was not the best way. And I told her it wasn't. And so I'm not going to go into details about that, but I told her, I said, hey, let me let me look at this for you. Let me show me your statements and I got you. So I started tracking and doing the stuff for her in the correct way, just kind of showing her, here's how it should be done. This is gonna be the this is gonna get you the best understanding of where you are financially in real time. So as I'm doing this, right, I'm looking at how many times she went to Starbucks, to Target, to Kohl's, to Coach, to uh restaurants, to like if I looked, if you looked through your statement and you said, how many times did I say yes to me and today's wants versus how many times did I say yes to tomorrow and future wants or needs, right? You could go through and you could probably say, oop, I said yes here, yes here. And this is all personal right now things. I said, yes, 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 yes. And when you see no yeses to your savings, no yeses to investments, no yeses. That gives you a really good understanding of where your loyalties lie. You are only self-soothing yourself instead of like focusing on the things that are in your future. So anyway, that that's a good example. I love that. No, and you you've pointed in your example to a lot of of things or a lot of points, right? Number one, I talked about running away right? Mm-hmm. And knowing your triggers, I think it's still good to know your triggers, not necessarily run away, but you said, Hey, if, if you know that's something that you want, then put that in your written plan for discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. I know that when I'm at target, I'm going to want a coffee. So put it in your plan. Say that every week you've got $10 to coffee. When you make your target trip, yep. you talked about our daughter and how she had $20, right? It's good to use cash. Yes. Cash is a beautiful thing because it's a set spending limit. Mm-hmm. You can you only got so much cash. And when you try to buy more than your cash allows, the person at the register is going to say, "Hey, can't do that. you don't you don't have enough for this purchase, so you got to put something back or come up with some more money." Exactly. Or you got to go back and come up with some more. So make sure 
you set spending limits, I would highly recommend using cash. You do not need to run away from the purchases, but just make sure you know it's in line. Because like you said, if you spend 20 over and you're like, well, I don't have the cash, I'll just use my debit card, my credit card. If you go over $20 now, that $20 is going to have to come from something later. Mm -hmm. It's not just free money. It just doesn't magically fall away or disappear, right? Like right. That, that $20 is going to come from something. Yeah. It's going to come from your investments or from mm -hmm. your savings. It's going to come from a category. Yeah. And I know that might sound really intense, but it is intense. How many years have you been, you know, spending your money in the way that you've been spending it and not feeling like empowered by your savings or your investments or whatever how many years so so really think about that how has that been multiplied over the course of most of our listeners are probably you know 30 plus how many years you've been in making your own money probably for what the better part of what 10 15 years yes so how many years have you just been like impulsively spending on whatever you desire and it really didn't give you like where are you at right now as a result of the spending that you did a decade ago right rather than the person who a decade ago decided i'm going to start investing how how happy would you be right now how secure would you feel right now if a decade later you'd be like wow i have this much in my investments thanks 10 years ago me and that's something that a mindset that i always have in my mind is I always think about the 10 years from now me. 10 years from now, decade from now, Kim has a different lifestyle because of the decisions that present day Kim is making. And that has always been something like I can go back to 25 year old Kim and I'm so proud of her. Like there are times where I will like, like write notes in my journal to 25 year old Kim. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so proud of you because what you went through of saying no to yourself of, of the sacrifices you made, of the conversations that you had to have with your husband to pay off debt. Like by 25, we were done right. with our debt. And I'm not saying we were done and automatically we were like rolling in the dough. We were not. We had to start from a new ground zero, right? We had to start investing. We had to start saving up money. We, we still had to say no for a little bit until we got to that point where our emergency fund was fully funded. And we had to make a lot of sacrifices. We lived with my parents for a year. We, but then at the same time, we also went to Disney, we also got a pup. We also, which that's a whole different story. We went to, uh, you know, a, a pro, a, what's it called? A, a football game. An NFL game. A yes. pro football game. We had a lot of amazing experiences as a result. And so I'm just so thankful for 25-year-old Kim because now 35-year-old Kim is reaping the benefits. 100%. I told you this is my favorite topic. Uh, yes. And we have more to say. Now, when we're talking about this target person, right, this is a fictitious person who is seemingly undisciplined. And we're trying to paint a picture of what discipline looks like. And I think, you know, you're spot on. A lot of people might be listening to this and saying, well, this fictitious person is just so fake. Like there's no way anyone is spending cash like this. Like they're not buying all this stuff. Just like who, like, I feel like you're describing a child running through a candy section, but you work intimately with people's finances. Like you, are looking at people's budgets all day, every day. And this is what you see. Oh, well, people time. are spending their money all willy nilly yeah. on stuff that's not really necessary. I would say that if we can interchangeably use Target with Amazon, mm -hmm. Amazon is another, because I mean, it's so easy. Amazon one click, just 
Oh, I want it, put it in the cart, purchase it. So here's another thing that can help you stay disciplined with avoiding impulse um, uh, purchases is to wait before buying. So one client that I had, and again, multi-million dollar business that I'm working with here, and working with their personal finances, this is a this is the thing that they constantly do. They, you know, she would just put something in the Amazon cart and just buy it, right? It would just be, but then as we started looking and running down the totals of how much has been spent in Amazon over the last like 30 days, it was intensely expensive how much, like how much money was putting towards there. And they were like, what? And did I even need that? Like they really had to have like a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> And so I told him, I said, you know, like, here's a strategy to wait before buying, right? So sometimes you might purchase something and your spouse will purchase it. And you're like, wait, we bought the same thing or whatever. So that happens to them often because they're so busy. So I'm like, why don't you put it in the cart? And then at the end of every week, because none of it's emergent, just say, hey, do we need all these things on this list? We're aware that it's going to be $252. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. Now do it. So that way you're able to take things out of the cart that you don't need, put things in the cart, to decide if you really do need it this week or if it's something that can wait. These are the types of things that could help you in your online purchasing and present purchasing. Buying things can be pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. Like you run on like that emotional high when you see something you're like, oh, this is it. This is, this is exactly what I was looking for. It's the right color. It's the right this. It's the right that. Oh my gosh, it's going to look so good right there in my house or in my car or my whatever. It's emotional. So if you can just wait, it's still going to be there tomorrow. It's yes. still going to be there next week. It might even be on sale tomorrow. But what if it's on sale now? I know, right? Sales, Everyone man, they that. come and go. Really Sales. Do. Are you serious? We just got done with Labor Day. It'll be Black Friday oh, before man. you know it. There's always something every month always. to bring you back in. Always something. And things get cheaper over time. So always. it'll be okay. But my point is, it's emotional. So if you can just wait even 24 hours or a couple days or a week, then that emotional high is going to wear off. And if you still want it a week later, then it's probably something you're going to get. Yep. But if you're like, you know, nah, I don't need that. I got something else going on or I got like, then you just saved yourself some money. You avoided an unnecessary expense. I like, uh, I've been seeing this a lot on social media where a, you know, a spouse is walking with their partner in like Target or a store and they're like, I hold my hand, I hold my spouse's hand while I walk through Target, not because I'm trying to be romantic, but because it's strategic. And it'll be like the spouse like reaching for like a candle or something and then the husband will like kind of pull her away and pull her close and like, you know, hold her hand a little tighter or give her a little side hug or something. And she's all like, oh, that's so sweet. But really, he's just trying to keep her away from the stuff. That's manipulative. Your for you page looks so different than mine. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Mine is more like geared towards men, I guess. Yeah. Men trying to keep their wives from spending. But it's supposed to be comical. But I the, know. I know. My, my point in bringing up that little joke is accountability partners. Yes. It's important to have an accountability partner. And I think like going back to like that waiting and that accountability partner as well kind of goes ties hand in hand is have priorities, right? Which is why we talk about having the conversation with someone about your financial goals is really important. Because if you're like, I really desire to have this trip. I want to go to Mexico. I want to go on a cruise. I want to do X, Y, and Z. And then, so if you go through and you have a list of this and you also say, I also want to start investing every single month. And I also want to save, you know, $3,000. And I also want, like, if you have these priorities and you have like your highest list, then 
that accountability partner who knows this list is going to be able to hold you and inf- and encourage you to be like, you know, you said that you were going to spend only X amount of dollars on additional spending and, and you know, whatever miscellaneous Does stuff. this align with your goals? Does this align with either of these goals? And it's a very, very clear and simple question. It's just that you have to overcome the tantrum, the little toddler that's in your brain going, but I want it now. Like you have to overcome that. And I, I don't see any like, positive energy that comes from you constantly indulging that that temper tantrum that's happening in your brain from that toddler like nothing good happens from that because yeah you might be able to get it and you get that instantaneous like yes I got it and I got what I wanted and you get to be a little bit bratty about it but then you come now now it's time to go to your trip you don't got the cash or now it's time to go to that trip and you're like, oh man, like I, I'm, I, I'm going to have to go and get another credit card specifically so that I can spend on this trip because I don't have enough cash for it. You're running yourself into situations that is not fruitful for your future self. So you have to get over yourself in that moment. Okay. So Kim, this section on avoiding impulse purchases was one of your main speaking points that you were excited to talk about is there anything else that you want to get off your chest i do it, this is really before funny. we move so on we decided that we were going to just talk about because we have this huge right list. we've got like eight things that we want to mention about how to be disciplined yes and we said you know let's just go ahead and just have a couple of conversations like we you know we don't have to talk about everything no but i at least want to highlight them yes and so i told him i said you don't you don't know like this topic right here, avoiding impulse spending, is something I'm going to go off on. I'm going to have a lot of things to say about it. It's going to take the full time frame. And he was like, no way. Okay, here we go. So, um, but the other topic that I wanted to talk about specifically about staying disciplined. Oh, you just get to do all your topics. Okay, yes. I, I understand. I'll just, I'll sit quietly over here. No, That's next, fine. next episode can be your episode. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so if you want to hear Daniel's, you know, perspective on getting disciplined with your finances, that's next episode. This episode is mine. Automated finances. Welcome Automa- to the Affluent Marriage Podcast, <laughs> KG Financial Show. It's, it's. This is the KG version. I should have done the intro this time. Missed opportunity. Missed Missed opportunities. Okay. Automate finances is something that goes hands in hands with this, right? Um, People ask me, right? And this is probably what you're thinking. Okay, Kim, yes, you're right. I recognize that I have an issue with, um, you know, overspending, impulse spending. And this doesn't just go for women. I know we just talked about Target and shopping and girls and And female things and Amazon. This is not a female driven thing. Men do it too with tools, with games, with trucks, with whatever their hobby is, with whatever their hobby is. It could could be be Pokemon cards. It could be Pokemon cards. It could be anything. Okay. We all deal with some type of impulse spending and it's important for us to be aware of it and for us to have tools to help us so that we either a can say yes to ourselves more in that frame and be okay with that, be content with that while still being able to go after their, you know, goals that they have for their future. Um, or we also have to, or, and we also have to have an understanding of, I recognize that this is an area of weakness for me. I love shopping at X, Y, and Z. I need to understand that I have a limit because I have future goals and I have to get over the tantrum, the toddler in my head that is saying, I want it now because I'm a grown adult. 
and I need to act like it. Um, the other thing that makes this easier in terms of how to become disciplined and better disciplined in your finances is automating your finances. One of my clients, um, I'm so proud of her. She's at the point now where she can finally automate her bills. She would always pay them just one at a time, going, calling them or going online and paying them because she never understood or never knew when there was enough money in the account. And I sometimes don't recognize that that is a situation like that is a that is that is a flex when you're able to have all of your bills on auto pay and not have to think about what's in your bank account hmm. things i don't i take for granted because every like i don't think about it um so automating your finances i think is a really great way to help you not only in your saving not only in your bills but also in your spending one of my favorite methods is the 50 30 20 rule and the 50 30 20 rule simply states 50% goes to your bills and necessities 30% goes to your savings or you could say this to your uh, you could do it to your spending and 20% goes towards your savings you don't have to use these percentages hard and true you can always mix them up and move them around however it makes sense for you but when a paycheck comes in you should be able to think to yourself i know i need this much for all of my bills and putting it into a separate place specifically for your bills so that when it comes out it can be on auto pay and you don't have to think about it and then the 30% or i should start with the 20% the 20% that's going into savings goes directly into your emergency funds or whatever funds that you're saving up for. So then you can see it, you know, accumulate. The 30% that goes to your savings or to your spending allows you to have free reign. And you can choose if that spending includes groceries, going out to eat, or if it just includes you being able to say, I can spend whatever I want. And that 30% is your area of freedom. And so for a lot of my clients, that gives them the, the, the keys to be able to say, I can say yes to myself. And I'm like, yes, if you want to do something with that money, this is your money. But understand, you just kind of gave yourself an allowance in the same way that with my daughter, I say, this is the money that you have. If you don't have enough, you're going to have to wait till the next month or you're going to have to earn it a different way. You're going to have to bring an income some way. It's the same thing here. You're going to have to think about ways to be creative to be able to get all of the things you desire within this limitation. And sometimes like that is that is the thing that switches my clients from, oh, my gosh, I just oh, I hate like budgeting and like it's so hard to be disciplined to it's already automated and done for me. It's I've already set up the percentages and every time my paycheck comes through, it just automatically deposits to the accounts that I want it to go to. And I know exactly how much I have to spend on myself without feeling guilt. Automating your savings or automating your finances could be the thing that helps you stay disciplined on your goals while also enjoying the life that you currently have. Mic drop. Wow. <laughs> I th think I just fell in love with you again. That was incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have much to say about automating finances, but I do love that it it kind of makes things a priority. Mm -hmm. When you automate your investments, you're saying this is a priority. Mm -hmm. This is going to get pulled every single month. It's not a choice. Mm -hmm. It's not a choice. When you're not automating your investments, then it is a choice. You say, oh, well, you know, do I put this amount aside this month for investments or you know I really do have this trip coming up or I really do need this remodel or my car just broke down I think I'm going to use this money instead on that instead of my investment mm -hmm. but when it's automated 
you're setting a, you're setting a stance. You're setting the precedence. Like mm-hmm. this is a priority. This is important to me. Mm-hmm. When my when something goes wrong and I got to fix something, I'm gonna find a way mm-hmm. to pay for that. Right. And still invest. Yep. So yes, automation makes things a priority. I love that. Yeah. All right. You good? I'm good. All right. You got that off your chest? I did. You I feel did. good about it? You feel lighter? I do. I feel lighter. I feel like this is, I'm telling you, these are the two things that cause people to get off their, off track. And I think automating is a really great way to just make sure that, again, like you just said, that you are setting a precedence that you're saying, these are my priorities. I'm laying it all out. This is what I desire for my future. And I'm getting it all set in stone first. And then I can have fun with whatever's left. So when you're trying to be disciplined with money, how do you do this? Some of the common things you'll hear is create a budget, Mm -hmm. create some smart goals, build an emergency fund, you know, prioritize your saving. You, you went in and we talked a lot about avoiding those impulse purchases. You talked about automated uh, spend or automate your, your bills. Mm -hmm. Another common thing you'll hear is reduce your debt. If you want to be disciplined with money, you need to make a plan to pay down your debt as quickly as possible because when you're not paying other people with your money, then you get to pay yourself Mm -hmm. and you get to use that money for things that's going to benefit you right now when you're walking through Target or going on Amazon or for your future, Mm -hmm. for your investments. Exactly. So that's another thing that you'll commonly hear is you need to reduce debt to be disciplined with your money. Tracking expenses goes along with budgeting, making sure that you're being mindful and you're staying diligent and tracking everything, single thing that you do and you're going back and you're reviewing. Other ways to stay disciplined. Sometimes it helps. We did this when we were kind of going through our little or drought or valley last year. You know, when it doesn't seem like anything else is going well, you can always invest in yourself Mm. by educating yourself. Mm -hmm. So we went through like 10 to 12 different books Mm-hmm. within those 12 months. It was like every month or every few weeks we were buying another book to read yeah. and we were educating ourselves on financial principles and investments. Yep, and options. And it was really helpful to just kind of stay motivated through that area because we were disciplined, but sometimes your mindset needs a little bit of a jolt. And that was really, really a, a good thing to, for us to invest in. All right, I'm going to switch it up on you. Okay. I want to spend some time talking about living below your means because I feel like a lot of people hear this and they think to themselves, well, that's not an affluent mindset. Absolutely. That's, that's like Please. a poor mindset. No, living it's not. below your means. Like, what do you mean? Like living like in a box? Like, what are you talking no. about? Can I like let people know mm-hmm. that Thomas J. Stanley wrote Millionaire Next Door Mm -hmm. and Chris Hogan wrote Everyday Millionaire. Mm -hmm. And these are both studies where they studied millionaires in America deeply, interviewed them, asked them questions, surveyed them, and they found out that these millionaires are millionaires because of the way that they're living. Mm -hmm. They're not living the way that you see the Kardashians and these celebrities and these people with these huge mansions and they have massive garages full of cars that they're just showcasing. And, you know, they have gates and they have guards and they have basketball courts in their backyard and just gyms and like, like their whole world 
is she in money. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like it's like they don't leave their house because their whole world is in that gated yeah. community almost. That's not millionaires. That's, that's not that's a different strategy. That's not really what you're working towards. No. Millionaires are millionaires because they live below their means. Mm -hmm. They make affluent decisions. Mm -hmm. Can they go buy big old boats and big old trucks and big old homes? Absolutely they can. But the reason they're building generational wealth and the reason they're able to invest and accumulate so much money is because they're making smart, affluent decisions Mm -hmm. day in, day out. So when I say live below your means, I'm not telling you to live in a box. I'm telling you that when you go to the bank to get a loan for your home, don't go buy a home that's the same number that the bank is willing to lend you. Mm -hmm. When we were first looking for our home, the bank gave us $400,000 to work with and we were making combined $56,000 a year. It's ridiculous. We didn't go find a $400,000 home. Mm we went and found a $145,000 condo. Mm -hmm. And that's where we started our first home Mm -hmm. after we saved up almost like 10, 15% to put down. That's living below your means. Mm -hmm. We live great. We do. In this space. Mm -hmm. We have everything we could possibly need. We love it. Now we are looking to go up, but we've been here for a little while. But when we get that next loan from our lender, we're not gonna go find something that's top of our loan. No. Right? Same thing when you're getting an auto loan. We're not going to go use every single dollar that we can get for that auto loan. Mm -hmm. Like a vehicle is literally something that takes you from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. I know some people really get into the glamour of it it, and they they want something super nice. But at the end of the day, like it's just a means of getting you from here to there. Yeah. Do you need something that's going to cost you $1,000 a month? Mm-hmm. $1,000 auto bill for that brand new truck. That might last you 15 years. Maybe. Maybe. Is that really worth it? So how do you be disciplined with your money? One way to do that is to live below your means. You're not overextending yourself financially. You're spending less than you earn. You're being mindful about your lifestyle inflation. You're avoiding those unnecessary expenses. Just because you get those raises, just because you're making more money, doesn't mean you need to spend more money. Right. What living below your means really is, is telling you is that to give you more choice, you want to live in a way that allows you choice, choice to get the boat. You don't have to because you don't want it. Like, why are you wanting? Why do you want it? You know what I mean? Choice. to. But if you do want it, you have but, that choice. But to get if it. you do, if you do want it, you have choice. If you want to go like you have choices and even like you never want to be in a situation where you're like a rubber band and you are strapped like completely at your like, oh my gosh, you one don't more be, thing. You don't want to be gonna, shackled to your mortgage you or want, to your auto loan. You don't want to have to, to, what is that? What is that thing? You want, you don't want to live to work. You want to work to live. And that creates choices. If you or your spouse decided to cut hours or step back from work or whatever, if that would cause a huge rift in your finances and it would be an immediate like, oh, we would notice it immediately. Like we would have to cut off so many things. We have to change our lives drastically. Then you are not living below your means. 
that's a very good indication. I'm not saying you have to live on one income. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that you should have enough cash flow, enough assets that you would be able to say, okay, well, if my wife or if my if my spouse decided that they wanted to enjoy, you know, time with their family and they didn't want to have to work a full-time job and they wanted to work part-time and they wanted to spend time building a business that's around, I don't know, underwater basket weaving. That's the pride and joy. And you want to be able to say, yeah, babe, go do that. That is your life's passion. I want you to enjoy that. You want to be able to say yes and be able to give that spouse the ability to choose how they're going to build their business and not have to worry about what their bills are going to get paid, right? That's the exact situation that Daniel and I were in where I said, I want to stay home with my daughter and I want to see if I can make a business work. That was, that's what I, that's what I approached him with. And he said, okay, like there wasn't a, oh no, but we're not going to have money, girl. You're going to need to go back to work because we don't have, we don't have money like that. Like we had enough that we can handle it. So living below your means is not about living in scarcity. It's It's about about allowing for abundance. Being modest where you can be modest and being bougie where you want to be bougie. In that moment, our bougie was you being home with our daughter. That was the flex. You living at home with our daughter, raising her, being with her. Mm-hmm. having that time mm-hmm. in that moment that was our bougie and we were modest where we could be modest right we were modest in our living we were modest in the vehicles that we drove we were modest in the amount that we ate out right we had modesty in our lifestyle yes it's that's kind of important like that and that's a budget. choice mm-hmm. right so i think this is interesting let me tell you how to live below your means and this this sounds very similar to some of the topics you were talking about right just real quick and dirty live below your means how do you do that you're going to create a budget i can't you're going to live say it over and over and over and over and over you're again. going to live within that budget you're going to differentiate your needs and your wants you're going to set financial goals you're going to avoid lifestyle inflation right Noticing you're going to build that e-fund prioritize your debt management automate your savings cut unnecessary expenses avoid those impulse purchases. And that's what I was saying. A lot of the things that you're doing here to build that discipline is the same as like avoiding those impulse purchases, right? You're making a written plan. You're sticking to it. Mm -hmm. You're not going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. You're focusing on your goals because that's going to drive you and give you the discipline to not buy those unnecessary things or those impulse purchases. You know what? Buy used. Bargain shop. You changed my life with that as we were looking for that oven, right? I tried to fix it. I tried to be like a bargain shopper and fix it myself. Didn't work. And then I had a little temper tantrum. I was in Lowe's and I was ready to just buy the newest oven that I saw. Mm -hmm. And you were like, pause, wait on that. And I'm like, no, I want to be able to cook pizza. And you were like, no, pause, wait on that. It's just a pizza. (laughs) You're like, let's go look at some liquidators. Let's see if we can find an appliance for cheap. And we did. Because we just needed to match the aesthetic and to cook. It doesn't need to be the newest thing out there. And I don't know why, I guess because I was just in my frazzled mindset where I was like, dude, I'm sick and tired of not, you know, because I failed <laughs> at repairing this thing. I, I didn't was, feel like you failed. I was, I was like, all moment. right, good job. You tried it. I tried. But buy used, bargain shop, focus on the value, right? I just need that oven to cook. Mm-hmm. That's it. And match the aesthetic. It's just got to be stainless steel. I don't want no white oven or black oven in there. I need it right. to match the aesthetic. But just keep it simple. So all of that, embrace the modest lifestyle, avoid keeping up with others. My goodness. That right there. I think that's the biggest one. 
keeping up with the Joneses is the reason why many people are just living in debt because they're like, well, subconsciously, so-and-so has this and that's how they, this is, I, I really like them and admire them and this is how they spend their time. So I'm going to spend my time here too. And well, so-and-so has this. So I, I, I should get that too. Yeah. That's what I really want. Um, and again, that consumerism can come through big time, especially with social media. It's insanity. Spending money you don't have on people you don't like. Yep. Or people don't even know. Like they don't even know you and you're spending on things money. you don't need like money you don't have on things you don't need for people you don't like. Yeah. Boom. That's it. So that's the quote. Let's not do that. It really, I think the best thing that happened from the pandemic and I know people are like, Oh, but like, is that people started embracing a very modest lifestyle. People started saying, wow, I actually really love going on walks. I actually really love planting things until they got really that stimmy money. Yeah, well, and I actually really like reading books, and I actually really and enjoy like, painting. Dude, the PlayStation 5 just came out. Yeah. I got some stimmy money. But I'm just saying, like, people really started to enjoy, like, the simple things and realized, why am I working so hard? Why am I working so hard to, to be at a job that doesn't really fulfill me in the way that this is fulfilling me? Find that modest lifestyle where you feel fulfilled just by things that you that are around you. Whatever that looks like, find that. All right, so we really hemmed and hawed today on living below your means, avoiding impulse spending and automating expenses. Know that financial discipline takes time. Mm -hmm. It takes time and it takes effort. But with consistency and dedication, mm -hmm. you're gonna develop the habits necessary to improve your financial well-being and achieve your financial goals. Give us the call to action. Mm, call to action. The CTA. You know what? I was actually just going to say something and I, I'm, I'm just going to follow the prompt of my heart. Listen, if you have found that you are listening to this and you're like, but I keep, and you're thinking of excuses in your minds, you might be like, I know I need this. I know I need this. I know I need this. But how? How do I keep up with this? How do I get disciplined? I keep having so many issues with impulse spending or with finding an accountability partner or with coming up with a budget that makes sense because I keep feeling like I have to go one step forward and then two steps back and I'm like, come on, like I just want to understand how to get past this. I highly encourage you to get some professional help. I would love to support you if you're listening to this. Get into my DMs, KG Millionaire Coach, and say, Kim, I would love to find out how to work with you so that I can understand how to get over this. I need someone who is going to just tell me like it is and tell me exactly what I need to do and I'm ready to go do the work. I I just need someone to to hold me accountable to that. And that could be pocket coaching or that could be your one-on-one -on -one service. Yes, but I'm absolutely talking about my one-on-one -on -one service here. Like you need a real human being. <laughs> um, so if you need that along with the blueprint coaching, yes, we can totally bundle those things together. Get into my DMs. But this is understand that this is not something that we learned in school. This is not something that for many of us, our parents taught us. Um, and so it's okay if you're feeling a little bit like, man, I, I feel like I should know this. No, you shouldn't. It was never taught to us. It was not something that's in our society. We have to learn how to do it ourselves. So learn from other people who have mastered it and who are passionate about teaching you how to get to this goal for you and help you get there even faster than if you try to figure it out yourself. Let's make 10 years from you proud. 
Let's do it. So your call to action today is to seek professional advice or help. to get into my DMs and talk to me. (laughs) All right. I love that. I love that. I'm being bold today. Guys, go live in love, walk in wealth. Take care, y'all. Bye.